Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About Brands. I, of course, am your host, Christine Gritman, and I'm really excited to talk about today's topic, which is getting your brand out there. You can't just hold your brand close to yourself. It's very important to know what your brand is and to figure that out and to have it emerge from you, yes, but the whole point of a brand is to share it with others and to get it in front of the right people. And so today we're talking with someone who is a real pro in that. Gabby Kerr is the Senior VP of Codeword, which is a marketing and PR agency specializing in the tech industry. And so today, Gabby and I talked about all sorts of ways to get your brand messaging out there, from traditional PR, both its benefits and its pitfalls, to how PR and marketing can help each other out and how one can build upon the other. We also talk about one of my favorite topics, which is events and the branding opportunities thereof. And one really important thing that we always make sure to come back to is the fact that there's B2B, business to business branding. There's B2C, business to consumer. And then there is personal branding. And Gabby has thankfully worked with all three types of branding, as have I. So we make sure to have that conversation as well. So whether you're working with a B2B brand, a B2C brand, or just building your own personal brand, this episode is definitely going to tell you all about how to get the word out. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Of course, you can build the best brand in the world. But if nobody hears about it and nobody cares, you don't really have a brand, do you? So today, we're going to talk all about getting your brand out there. What does it mean? How can you do it? And we're going to talk about this across the gamut, whether we're talking B2B brands, B2C brands, even personal brands. And we've got just the right person to discuss this with. Gabby Kerr is the Senior VP of CodeWord, which is a marketing agency that helps tech companies in both the B2B and B2C sectors get their name out there, build that brand recognition. So without any further ado, let's bring on Gabby to talk about getting your brand out there. Hello, Gabby. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super Thank excited you. to be here. Thank you for being here. So let's dive right into the topic at hand, which is getting your brand out there. So first of all, let's define that. Actually, what do we mean by getting your brand out there? What do we mean by getting into the public consciousness, building a brand, really? What are we really doing here? Yeah, I think that a lot of that really centers on your core audience, right? Like you want the people that you want using your brand, that you want knowing about your brand to be the ones that are in front of it, that are talking about it and spreading the word for you. And that can't be done if you're just doing everything in a vacuum within your existing community or within your existing organization. 
So using PR and own media and content and social media and things of that nature are the ways to get people outside of your existing ecosystem talking about you and expanding the halo effect of that. So I really love that you just lined me up perfectly for the next thing I was going to ask, which is there's PR, public relations, there's marketing, there's branding. These are kind of Venn diagram circles with a whole lot of overlap, but they're not the same thing, of course. So I would love to hear from you how you define PR and how you would differentiate between PR and marketing based on your own perspective as someone who really has hands in both? Yeah, it's a really great question. When I think about PR and then going back to this idea of audiences, a lot of the time our work is spent working one-to-one. We're building the relationships with one of the key stakeholder audiences, which is reporters, to get them to understand why a brand exists, what makes them interesting, how it fits into the cultural zeitgeist, And then having them tell that story to a wider group of folks that are hopefully within the realm of the type of audience that that brand is trying to reach. Uh, So that one-to-one, I think, is what's really different from marketing, which is taking a few really key insights and applying it to a larger group and sending a message out directly to the larger group and hoping that it sticks there. So I think that there's a little bit of a more personalized effort through PR because we are going after this very specific audience of reporters who know the next step of the audience, which is the end users, hopefully, or the investors or business community or what have you that we're trying to reach with that story, which is something that I've always loved about PR the most is it feels much more personal. I love that. So when you are doing PR for a brand, do there tend to be a few specific audiences you're going for, or do you really focus that PR campaign, that PR push on one audience at a time? That's a great question. I think any good PR campaign, there should be a hierarchy. You can't be everything to everybody. And I think every time that you try to do that, your message never sticks. So generally, there's usually like the priority audience. And then there are probably a few others that, as you said in the beginning, there is a Venn diagram effect, even in this instance. But there is usually one very key priority audience. And that can shift in different seasons of the business as well. But usually to get the best story across, you have to be super tailored and targeted. Now, of course, PR and marketing, they do feed into each other. They're all rooting for the same ultimate goal, which is to have that strong, relevant brand presence, to have the product in the hands and the minds of the right people. I'm going to ask this next question from two different sides. So it's a two-parter. I'm going to, you can answer them separately. So the first one is, of course, Since marketing and PR support each other, they're both the same end goal of getting your brand and or product into the hands and ideally minds and hearts of those right people. They can support each other, of course. Good PR can support your marketing. Good marketing could support your PR. So I'm going to ask first from the direction of how can you set your brand up well from a marketing perspective? to make sure that when you make that PR outreach, the recipient of that outreach knows enough about the brand and or has the right impression of the brand to think that they are worth covering or worth giving their attention to? How can you set yourself up well in advance of that PR push with your marketing? 
Well, I really appreciate this question. It's something that's really important when we evaluate the types of companies that we work with. The first thing that we go and look at is what does their website look like? What do their social channels look like? Like how else do they show up in the world? And how does that compare to the message that they're hoping to get across with the PR and communications work that they'd want to do with us? And very often you'll find that though the website and what lives there and on the social channels and what lives there doesn't live up to the aspirational hopes of where they want to go. So really doing that foundational work around messaging, positioning, getting your tagline out of the way, getting the look and feel to look as premium as your end users or priority audience would like it to look is really like so, so important because really PR, like our goal and marketing's goal as well is to like make the brand famous, right? We want to get them out there. We want people to know what they do. We want you know the conversations to take a whole life of their own. And we can't do that if the message is not clear, it's not aligned across everywhere. And if the press article says one thing and then they go to the website and it's a completely different experience, that's a terrible experience for that person, which erodes the trust with the brand, which is something that with PR, you're really, really trying to build is that credibility. Uh, absolutely. Well, to that end, the other side of the question, once you do get that PR, once you do have other people knowing about you and talking about you and hopefully building that no like trust factor with your brand, what are some ways that you can leverage that PR exposure and those opportunities in order to benefit your own marketing? Yeah, for sure. I think one of the ways that really marketing and PR work well is in showing tangible results for the brand. So for example, case studies. When I started my career, I worked in-house at an ad tech startup. And to say we were working and reworking case studies every week is definitely an understatement. And once we created this labor process and these incredible stories of how the brand works. Oops, it fell off because there was nothing pushing it out there outside of internally in the organization and within the organization we were partnering to, to write that case study. So I think showing exactly what the brand does instead of just telling through case studies and creating that funnel of storytelling beyond just what the marketing department creates is a really important aspect of what PR can do. But I also think in general, credibility through things like speaking engagements and supporting marketing, a big part of that is the trade show circuit, the events, and how do we get the most bang for our buck out of that with things like inviting press and ensuring that we're leveraging those opportunities of being in the right place at the right time to maybe put out an announcement that sends a signal to the target audience or potential customers or partners. I think as well, partner marketing is something that we often engage in on the PR side as well. So the marketing team is looking for ways to shop from the rooftops that their brand is working with another brand. And we find ways to tell joint stories that benefit both brands that, to the same effect. So I think there's a lot of things that we do in very similar lanes and that PR really works best when marketing works hand in hand with it because there are ways to amplify in both directions, I think. And you already started answering this next question that I have on my mind, which is perfect. When people think about PR, a lot of times they think of just the old school route of the PR company writes a press release and sends it to journalists. And the goal is an article. 
There's, of course, so much more to it than that, especially nowadays with all the different avenues at your disposal. So beyond the press release and journalist avenue, what are some other ways that you have either used yourself or have seen used to get that PR messaging out there to the right audience? Yeah, maybe this is a hot take, but I hate press releases. I find them to be archaic and often because of just the industry standard of how they need to be written or the number of reviews that they go through between the marketing and comms and legal teams and things of that nature, they really get super diluted to what's at the core of a very interesting story. And so I try to avoid them at all costs unless it is like very important to get the SEO kind of flag in the ground for an announcement, maybe for something like, yes, for a partnership like we just chatted about or for a funding announcement or something else. But generally, they're not necessary to getting press coverage and doing public relations. I think really the the crux of it is getting the reporters to care about what you're doing and pitching them in a, in a way that's tailored and breaks through their inbox. A lot of that has to do with paying attention to what's happening in your industry and the macro trends and latching onto that and fitting into what that trend is. I often, in my team, we get coverage without a press release because we just pitch a good story, a good idea. Um, we also manufacture news outside of the traditional press releases. A great example of that is commissioning interesting data, again, tied to the cultural zeitgeist and interesting hypothesis that we're trying to prove that will provide this interesting, fresh data for reporters that doesn't require a press release. Maybe you'll have it in a microsite that you build, which is something that we do here at CodeWord or perhaps a beautifully designed PDF or infographic. But I think there are other ways to show the information outside of a boring 10 paragraph press release that's really diluted down. In your work, do you do any work with, with influencers or things of that nature? Or is that not something that you really touch? Yeah, we definitely do. And I think there's two different types of influencers. So there's what probably most people understand as like the content creators that you see on platforms like Instagram and TikTok and for consumer brands. I think there's definitely really interesting ways to work with them. But there are also influencers outside of the the consumer space. I'm thinking analysts at firms like Deloitte and Forrester and other soothsayers like that who really have a wide latitude of what they understand of the industry and how they would be able to give really interesting insights to help guide a brand as well. So while that might not be an external influencer, although sometimes even those analysts are going on on TV and in interviews talking about the brands that they are having in engagements with, I think that they also provide a ton of guidance and even credibility to a brand as well. But I think, yeah, influencers have, a, I think, a permanent place in marketing and in comms. And oftentimes I found working with influencers, they sometimes help to form that messaging that we were talking about before that's really foundational to PR work on the marketing side, that they might see an angle that their community that they know the best will really resonate with that then you can run with and expand on on your other efforts as well. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. So a little while back, you touched on something that is certainly one of my favorite ways to get a brand out there. And the one that's actually been most significant in my own personal brand journey, which is events, trade shows, conferences, things of that nature. So I would love to hear from you how brands, whether they're B2B, B2C, personal brands, how you can leverage events as part of getting your brand out there. Because I know there's a million different avenues to do it at those things. Yeah, and it's changed so much since the pandemic. I think we're just starting to like reach a little bit more of equilibrium. But even still, like just the other day, I saw the big gaming conference. I think it's E3 canceled just two or three months in advance of the event, just given that there was not enough interest. So I think trade shows are still in flux about how useful that they are. But traditionally, I found them to be a moment where you want to have a big splash because your your target audience is there, whether it's reporters or p- potential distribution partners or customers or the like. But often we use trade shows as a way to tie in an announcement around a partnership or a milestone or a product launch in order to make extra noise at that conference so that while people are paying attention... We're right there and in their face. But I think right now what I'm seeing is that owned events where a brand is putting on their own kind of bespoke experience is really starting to gain traction again. So whether that is a salon dinner or some sort of experiential offering, there is a hunger for that one-to-one again. And I've always found that to be extremely impactful for a brand, especially on the the reporter side of things, right? You're getting them away from their desk, getting multiple reporters in a room. So it's like a very efficient way to have many briefings with a really trusted audience and a way to build rapport so that your story comes with more vibrance and, and depth when the reporter is ready to write a story. One thing that I love the most about events is that it it really can go across all three of the categories that I mentioned. So B2C, business to consumer, B2B, business to business, and of course, personal brands. And you have worked with all three. You do work with all three. So I'd love to hear your take on the similarities and differences that those three sectors have in terms of the best ways to get their brands out there. And you can take it however you want. You can answer for for one of them first and then I can ask follow-up questions, however you want to tackle this, because I know it's a big one. I know it's a very loaded question, but there's B2C, B2B, personal branding. What are your takes on the best ways to get each of those types of brands out there to their core audiences? Yeah, it's a good question. I think 
more so than the type of business for me. It matters more about who they're trying to reach and where they are and where they're most reachable. And that's the first question if you're deciding to do events at all is like, does my audience go to events anymore? And if they do, what type of events and things of that nature? So I think that there aren't necessarily as many differences from a personal B2B or B2C side of things as much as it's who is the the end user and, and going beyond it's just a consumer, but getting really more granular about that. So I'm not sure if that's fully answering your question, but you know that that's how I would approach it as a, a first step into the process of deciding from there. And then in addition to... Um, audience is like, what are we trying to achieve as an end result immediately following? I think probably on the B2B side, if you're going to meet potential partners and customers, something at the grand scale of a massive trade show feels like it provides a lot of value because you're already going to an event where the people there know what you're hoping for. So that takes a little bit of the the warm-up process out of it, right? You, they know that you're going there to meet people, to network, to make deals, and they're there to do the same. And so I find those to be very effective on the B2B side. On the B2C side, like it's going to depend on who you're trying to reach. All right. So outside of events, though, so we know that we have events as a, as a venue for PR and getting our brands out there. We, of course, know the traditional media route. What are some other opportunities And they can, again, be specific for B2C, B2B personal brands, or they can be things that apply to all of them. What are some additional avenues for getting your brand out there beyond events and traditional media? What are some things that are really working that maybe people wouldn't necessarily think of to get their brands out there? Yeah, I think oftentimes when most of the kind of marketing and comm space is missing is true hot takes people with opinions that break the mold that get people thinking. And I think that there's starting to be more inklings around that on LinkedIn, but there's still a ton of opportunity to do more around that. So going to LinkedIn with hot takes on things that are happening in the news, on moments where you've had big learnings and sharing that with your community and just driving a lot of thought leadership on there, I find is still like very effective. And that includes as well, like once you get a press placement and adding additional color to that placement, or if you're going to an event doing a lead up post or a post event posts around the biggest takeaways from that, I find LinkedIn to be super effective and using that as a publishing platform because there are different mediums there. You can do kind of a short form post, but there's also a long form option and What's really cool about LinkedIn is it does in some ways operate like a publisher in itself. They have a full editorial team. They've got a great list of newsletters where they're curating interviews, but also other interesting conversations that are happening on the platform that if you feel like what you're saying is really important, you can reach out to a couple of the editors and they will promote if they feel it aligns with their current editorial strategy, the things that you're saying. So An example of that, a client of ours had put out a really interesting survey on the future of tech work and specifically the balance between full-time work versus freelance contract work and things of that nature. And coining this change following all of the, the layoffs as the great betrayal and posted a great thread on it. 
And just from a quick nudge to the the LinkedIn team, we saw tons of traction. They put it as part of their kind of ongoing workplace and layoffs coverage, got it in a newsletter on LinkedIn as well, and really drove a lot of interesting conversation in the comments from people outside of kind of the core network and, and sphere of that particular client individual. So I think LinkedIn has a ton of potential that's still untapped. And that also plays into a really, really core component of getting your brand out there and in people's heads and getting them to care enough to think about it and talk about it, which is story, sharing stories, telling stories. We know storytelling is a key component of marketing. It's a key component component of PR as well. But in certain circumstances, it's easier than in others to figure out how to tell compelling stories. If it's a personal brand, Yes, you tell compelling stories because you tell personal stories. B2C, we've heard a lot of tell the consumer a story. But in something like B2B, and especially in a vertical like tech, I'm sure it it can be a, a bit more of a creative challenge to figure out how to tell compelling stories that aren't just features and benefits driven. So I would love your insight as to how storytelling really factors into getting brands out there, especially in something like B2B tech, which you do at CodeWord. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think we've all been faced with having a nothing burger type of thing to pitch, whether it's a product update from a SaaS company or or things of that nature. And really when it boils down to it is like, why should people care? And zooming out from what the product is and into like, what problem are we trying to solve for this group? Goes back to the earlier conversation we were having about audience being really key because without knowing them really, really intimately, you won't know what problems that they have, what things that they're facing on the day-to-day, what fears that they have in order to be able to show how your product kind of fits into that. Um, I also, whenever advising anybody, particularly on the the media relations side of things, nobody's going to write a story about a product just as is. There has to be something that's happening in the current and in the now that makes it relevant, that makes it impactful, that makes it more interesting than to the small group of people that would use it. And that's really key. That's something that when we're pitching reporters, when we're writing content, when we're copywriting anything, it's like we put that up front. Like, what is a cultural zeitgeist film it? And how does that product or announcement or thing you want to say figure into that? All right. And I'm hitting you with another two parter to take it home. You ready? <laughs> Again, since you do work with consumer brands and personal brands, those industry thought leaders. What are some things that you think consumer brands can learn from personal branding? And what do you think personal brands, people building those, can learn from consumer branding? Well, from personal brands, I think consumer brands or even B2B brands can remember that they are built by people, that there's a human element And I think that sometimes in the mix of what the company is doing and milestones that it's hitting and products that they're releasing, that they lose a little bit of like, who is the face behind the brand? So really leaning into that more, because when you think about some of the most iconic brands that people are in love with, 
a lot of times it comes from the characters in the story that are building it. So really spending time and investing in figuring out what is their zone of genius? What can they talk about? How do we get them talking about that with the right people and doing it really regularly will be super impactful. And I think personal brands do that because it, it is all about the individual. In the other direction, hmm, that's a good question. I think personal brands, maybe from consumer brands or B2B brands from consumer brands can can learn to maybe have a little bit more fun. It's not always about doing business, but I think that there can be a little bit more tongue-in-cheekness to it. I think that there can be a little bit more going outside of your direct lane while still remaining adjacent. And just like having a little bit more fun and personality to things, which will, I think, help differentiate as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Gabby, for all the incredible knowledge that you have dropped today. Please tell us where can people find you? Why should they find you? And what will they find there? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Gabby Kerr. Uh, if you are interested in PR and marketing industry hot takes that come to my head and I just need to to share with somebody. So I share with my Twitter community and on LinkedIn as well, Gabby Kerr for more formal types of updates, but still interesting knowledge around the the PR and marketing industry. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Gabby. And I hope that everyone is able to take your wise words and apply them, whatever type of brand they are, towards getting their brands out there in the right way. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Christine. And thank you so much for joining us today. Whether you are listening to the Let's Talk About Brand podcast on the Adweek Podcast Network, or if you're watching us on YouTube for the video podcast, both come out every single week. So make sure to subscribe to the Let's Talk About Brand podcast on your podcast player of choice and subscribe to my Christine Gritman Inc. YouTube channel so you don't miss the video drop on Fridays. Be sure to join us next week when I'll be back interviewing another guest expert about another topic of branding. Bye. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.